adults only. Explicit content. Bad language. Controversial topics. Ian. Hates. Music. Warning. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new Ian Hates Reunion. That's right. It's a reunion show and the first ever crossover event. Ian Hates Movies meets Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and who do I have with me? Jackson. Jack hey. City. Jackson. Jackity. Jackity. Yes. Thank you. We are trying to get the gang back together. Unfortunately, Dave had issues. I mean, I don't know if anyone knows. I did put it out on social media. But Dave just recently had a child. So congratulations to Dave and Nikki. But apparently, this kid has a set of lungs on her. So (laughs) doesn't really, you know, not very uh, conducive to podcasting. And even though Jackson's Wi-Fi will robot him out every once in a while, that's still way better than hearing a screaming child in the background. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I just want to warn everyone, I guarantee you my Wi-Fi is still on its bullshit. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. When are you going to get out of there and go to a place with actual Wi-Fi? That is a great question, Ian. Um, I guess I need a life first. Ah, okay. So that I can you know, move out and you know, do shit like that. Um, well, let yeah. me tell you, first off, stop doing podcasts. That, cool. That's okay. the first part. <laughs> yeah. That was easy. <laughs> Because that's why I don't have a life is because I do podcasts. So you get a life by not doing podcasts and then come back and do the podcast. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, because this is kind of a crossover, we might get some people that listen to Ian Hates Movies and really haven't given, you know, Ian Hates Music a chance before. Jackson is a previous co-host of Ian Hates Music, and he lives outside of Dallas, Texas, correct? Yeah, very outside. So, it's like not yeah. very far, but it's in the country. Right. So anytime you hear that robot voice, it's because his Wi-Fi was just installed. Like they just got computers where you live, right? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I have satellite Wi-Fi. I don't know if I ever told you that, but that's what my Wi-Fi is. Wow. And it yeah. still sucks? And it still fucking sucks. That's why whether it's raining or whatever, and I'm like, hey, my Wi-Fi shit today because it's raining. I'm not kidding. If that satellite fucking gets cloudy <laughs> or it fucking gets rained on, I am. It's bad. I gotcha. Well, look, it is the beginning of October, and we're kind of doing a more horror theme, you know, for Ian hates movies, mm-hmm. and you know, there aren't that many scene movies. You know, I I can't think of that many. You know, there are some documentaries and then there are, you know, the live concerts like that amazing Bring Me the Horizon with the symphony. Yeah. You know, there's stuff like that. But I think this might be one of the real first movies that is all seen. And it came out almost exactly a year ago today. 
Oh yeah, that's it's, true. Yeah, very very close. Now it was very difficult to see that movie, the movie we're going to be talking about, which is American Satan. It was difficult to see that in theaters, so we yeah. had to wait a little bit for video on demand and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it was only out for like in select theaters and like for a week only. It was very select viewing. Yeah, and good for them. I mean, it wasn't, you know, straight to video on demand or anything. Like, it's good to get a theatrical release, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't going to go everywhere. Yeah. And really, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the movie, but really, would you have wanted to see this in the theater? It. I don't think if I did, it would have made it any better or worse. How about that? That's not bad. I mean, maybe we could have found girlfriends there. Oh, yeah. You know what? Actually, now that you say that, that would have been the perfect place to fucking get our kind of women. Even. Yeah, because, you know, they have to be at least over 17, hopefully over 18 or 21. Yeah, it's rated R. Yeah. So you would hope there wouldn't be parents taking, you know, the little teeny bopper 14 year olds. <laughs> Though it does star Andy Beersack. So who knows? Which does attract both to 14 year olds. They do. And. Look, I will stand by this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on the show. I am a member of the BVB Army. Ow. Corporal General Master Sergeant reporting, I'm, sir. I'm <laughs> glad we got that out of the way at the beginning. Look, sometimes you got to put yourself in the barrel. Everyone gets a turn. Sometimes you got to be under the bus. I am willing to take the shots, but I am a fan. I don't care. I actually did not know that about you. I knew you liked the last album, but I didn't know you were like a big fan. It's because you don't listen to the show. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Doing that. Insults. I have always. Well, the tough part about them is I always love. So we're talking about Black Veil Brides. That is Andy Andy Beersack's band is Black Veil Brides. He also has a pseudonym, Andy Black, where he does like electronic kind of music yeah it's like the softer part of alternative yeah somewhere around there and black veil brides are emo screamo glam metal somewhere around there but they do yeah they tend to go now on the like anthemic glam rock glam metal yeah and i'm fine fine with that but i did like their more screamo days for sure yeah for sure but now let me put you on a spot right now and say watching andy in this movie i mean that's a handsome gentleman right yes yeah see we can admit it we're fine we are the scene so we're able to admit that it's completely fine he's a good looking dude you can see why the 14 year old girls like him exactly with with him it doesn't me because like you you go to a blackville bride show or something or something that has anything to do with andy beersack you expect the young girls and everything Right, but it doesn't surprise me. So it's not like as weird like with other bands. I guess <laughs> it's hard to explain. But with him, he gets a pass for some reason. He's got those. I mean, look, it's 2018, so it's definitely a compliment. He's got those kind of womanly features. Yeah, it's he just, just seems it like is. a cool guy. He does seem like a cool guy, and I know some he people out really there. Really cool. They're like pointing their guns up to their heads right now, wanting to blow their brains out with us talking like this. <laughs> but it's true. He seems like a good guy. He seems like a guy. You could just shoot the shit with and be totally yeah. fine, you know? For someone as big as him, uh, you know, in our scene, right? he doesn't seem like he's full of himself, which I could see that from a lot of people who are even smaller than him. Oh, for sure. 
No, absolutely. And look, maybe we're completely misreading that, but that's just kind of the way. I, I'm sure he is not staying after a concert for, you know, five hours signing shit, but right. he's still, I mean, they're way too big to do that kind of thing. But yeah. I think in general, though, I think he's good with the fandom and I think he'd just be a cool guy to hang out with. Yeah, he seems very humbled. I think so. Now, we'll get to his acting ability a little yeah. bit later, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> let's go over a little bit about uh, a little bit about the background here. So this movie came out, like I mentioned, last year around this time. It is rated R. And right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 83%, which isn't bad. Which is good. Yeah, it's, it's actually really good. Now, keep in mind, a lot of people didn't see this movie. So it's not like that is true. You know, a ton of top critics were seeing it, but in general that's not bad. Right now that's almost triple the amount of Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, topical. Oh when yeah. This, they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, fucking Venom that movie." Yeah, we're getting topical in this bitch. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll circle around to that again at some point. But yeah, that's not a bad score, for sure. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to mention is this is, I believe it's co-written and then fully directed by Ash Alvidsen. I think that's, is that how you say it? A-V-I-L-D-S-E-N. Alvidsen. You said it right. Yeah. Alvidsen. So he is the CEO and founder of Sumerian Records, which is a great label, and then also Sumerian Films, apparently. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. Not until I saw the movie. And I was like, yeah. oh, that exists? All right. Well, apparently, Ash had also put out another movie in 2015 that was like a romantic comedy. Did you see that at all? No, I didn't. Let me see. I, I forgot what the title was. What Now is the title. And apparently, it's a romantic comedy. I didn't know anyone in it, and I've never heard of it before. I've never heard of that. No. So it didn't seem to be scene-related, though. No. Or we would have heard about it. I would have thought so. Yeah, we yeah. know everything. We are the scene. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wait, <laughs> why the reservation? <laughs> Where are the more important parts? Where, like, all the bad parts of the scene, we're not that bad. Oh, yeah. No, no, we are certainly that? not that. That is true. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of background. Another interesting part of this, I thought, was during the movie, there were multiple parts where it was like a montage mixed with, you know, the live kind of crowd and music kind of scene that they were doing. Yeah. And then there's also two albums out for this movie. There's the official soundtrack, which is a bunch of different covers. And there's bands like, you know, it's Jonathan Davis. It's asking or not even asking Alexandria Skid Row. There's a bunch of different bands doing cover songs and some originals. But then there's a whole album dedicated to the fictional band which is represent this movie as the relentless. They have their album American Satan, which is also available. And if I'm not mistaken, that's ten tracks, no filler. I didn't. I've I've heard the American Satan one. I didn't know that there was another one. The yeah, when you're talking about the first one, I didn't know that. Yeah, that one has twenty tracks and no filler. So it's not like movie cut, you know, vocals and stuff like that. It's so. During different parts of the movie, the music that wasn't the Relentless was from that soundtrack. Huh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, you might want to check it out because they had some pretty original covers. 
And I wrote one down that I thought was great, and I just have to look it up real quick because obviously we have prep sheets and everything. Yeah. So in that, uh, you know, the official album, they had a – it's a cover called – well, it's a cover from a band called Prep School, and it was a cover of Mother by Danzig. A Yeah, and I thought that was actually a really fucking good cover because it was a completely different – like they made it their own. Huh. I need to look this shit up and put it on my phone. There was some good stuff there. There really was. What I was surprised about, though, was they had the Skid Row song, 18 in Life, which is yeah. in the movie, which yeah. I, I think it's when they're shooting up, and we'll obviously we'll get to that It was on the bus, well. yeah. Yeah. But Asking Alexandria put out an EP in between, I believe, their second and third album. And on that, they covered two Skid Row songs, and one of them was 18 in Life. And I thought they did a great job. I don't know why they didn't put it in, because on the soundtrack, they put on Into the Fire. So obviously, yeah. they had the rights, so I don't know why they didn't just do that. I uh, didn't even know that. Yeah, maybe they <laughs> wanted to give Skid Row some money. You should check out that cover, though. I really need to. I did not know any of that shit that you just said. <laughs> I didn't know about any of these covers. I know the shit, man. Come on. Ian hates movies. I got to know everything about the movie. I, you did your research, my friend. Thank you, sir. But yeah, I would actually, I would recommend checking out that soundtrack because like I said, there's some good covers there. But then my question to you is, that album of The Relentless, so American Satan. Yeah. Would you go see The Relentless live if they were a real band? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I feel like if, let's say, The Relentless was a real band. Right. Oh, that's a fucking tough question. If they were a real band, I don't know 100% if I would be a big fan of them. It has nothing to do with the controversy parts of it. Right. But it's mainly just metal. And a lot of the times I steer clear from like just straight metal. But I'm kind of going to go against what I just said. Because <laughs> when I was listening to the songs in the movie, yeah, I was enjoying the songs. Yeah, because, well, first off, I wouldn't call them metal. I would call them alternative rock to a little bit of post-hardcore. Okay, I wouldn't, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call the Relentless Metal. And if you listen to that, you know, the full album, American Satan, they have the songs that are obviously in the movie, but they also bring it down a lot softer. Yeah. If I, you know, I would probably see them live, to be honest with you, just because they just sound damn good. They really do. They do. But like, yeah. I feel like if they were just like, if I didn't see everything that I saw in the movie, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have gave them the attention that I would give them, like now knowing everything. It, it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. The like attention and all the controversy and all the shit that they did, you know, in the movie right. is what attracted me to wanting to hear the music. Yeah. If I didn't see any of that and I just heard, you know, the relentless and I heard a song, I'd be like, hey, they're pretty good, but I don't know if I'd fucking pay money to go see them. So I don't know. It's all tricky. Right. Well, let me put you on the spot once more. Okay. And say, did you like Andy's vocals in the Relentless? Ah, sorry. <laughs> wow. I hope I don't have to edit. I don't want to edit this, so I'm just going to keep on going. I'm getting, <laughs> I, I talked about this on the last solo show that I did. I'm getting sick because it's the change in temperature, like the sudden drastic change in temperature with going yeah. to the season. So anyways, did you like Andy's vocals in the Relentless? Well, that's a, 
weird question because you don't hear Andy's vocals in the Relentless. What do you mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's all I forgot his name and I should know it. I think his name is Remington, but yeah. it's all Palais Royale. Exactly. Vocals. Sorry, I w- I was trying to trick you, but you did your research too, so well done. You bitch. <laughs> You sneaky bitch. I did. I was trying to think of the way to word it so that. And it threw me off, by the way. Good. Hearing that. Nice. Like watching the movie and seeing that, I was like, wow, I did not expect that at all. So I read an interview with Ash and he was talking about the movie and someone had posed the question to him or he had just gone into it of why Andy wasn't doing the vocals for The Relentless. And I think if I paraphrase it correctly, He said, basically, when you go to the movie, he wanted people to suspend their disbelief the way that you're supposed to go see a movie like this. Right. You're not supposed to think it's real life and everything. You're supposed to be like, oh, let me lose myself in this. And he said, if fans and non-fans were going to see it, they'd be expecting to hear Andy's voice and then kind of think of it more as too much of a reality compared to a movie. Hmm interesting i mean it makes sense but i wonder if that's just something they said yeah that's and it was more of a movie direction that the director thought just maybe andy's work just doesn't i'm sorry maybe andy's voice just doesn't work for the movie well but that i mean it sounds good that reason they gave well right but i think ash is the director as well so it would have had to have been his choice so maybe he did make up a reason that is possible but remington's voice sounds you know, it's raspy. It actually yeah. does work for that band. But I know, it you know, is. Andy can do that, though, too. Maybe it's a little bit cleaner, but he can also do unclean vocals. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, he can. Yeah. But yeah, it was Remington for Palais Royale. I always forget how to say that first part. Yeah. But he did a good job. I think, I so. think he did good. Yeah. And I like Palais Royale, by the way. So it wasn't like a, a detriment to me when I was listening to it. Because I re- actually like that band. I don't hate them. I just haven't really given them a chance yet. I think you should. They're pretty good. I will. They're they're like glam rock too, right? Yeah. I know they dress glamier, apart. I think. Yeah, maybe a little <laughs> glamier. <Is> yeah. <laughs> they're more glam than rock, but gotcha. they're pretty good. Okay. All right. I can understand that. All right. So then I think that covers a lot of the beginning parts of the behind the scenes part. So let's talk about the people that are in the movie. So we all... Re- ah, wow. Jeebus Christmas. So we obviously already mentioned Andy. So we know he's the main character here. His name in the movie is Johnny Faust. So I'll try and call him Johnny You know, from now on. Yep. Then you've got Malcolm McDowell, who I love from A Clockwork Orange. He's Mr. Capricorn, a.k.a the devil or satan whatever don't call him lucifer though for some reason yeah that was different he's like fox (laughs) he's like fox canceling lucifer he's like please don't call me lucifer (laughs) but um see the topical stuff that you're getting really topical episode i kind of (laughs) like that made me laugh then you've got john bradley who plays ricky he's sam on game of thrones Fuck yeah. He's also their band manager. Right. Then you've got Boo Boo Stewart, who's Vic Lakota, the bass, uh, not bassist, the guitarist for the band, right? 
Yes. Yeah, he's one of the guitars for the band. Yeah. Apparently, he was in a Twilight film. That's all Shut I know. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I looked it up. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were making fun of him because he looked like a, a Lautner. No, I think he was like a werewolf <laughs> or something. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, his acting wasn't amazing no, in this no, movie. No, so no, no. Yeah, we'll get to that again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Boone Jr. was Elias. He's the, I guess what, the CEO of Arcadia? It's, it's Arcadia Records, right? Yeah. So he's the label guy. I thought he did a great job. He did good, yes. Yeah, he he's like a character actor. He's been in like a ton of shit. I thought he did a very good job. Yeah. Then we've got Ben Bruce. As Leo, he is the guitarist in the band, and he's also the guitarist in Asking Alexandria. Right. You've got Jesse Sullivan as Lily, the bassist. Now, I don't know her from anything. I This might have been her first movie. It wouldn't surprise me. That is also true. <laughs> but a very sharp haircut, though. Very sharp. That is true. Yeah, I kind of want to go into the barber and ask for that. Give me the Lily. Yeah, give me the Lily, please. <laughs> Then you've got, I think it's Olivia Culpo. She's Gretchen. She plays Johnny's girlfriend. And she used to be, or she was, a Miss Universe winner. Oh, shit. I did not know that. She's hot as fuck, so. She was. It definitely makes sense. Then you've got Sebastian Gregory as Dylan. He's the drummer. You've got Bill Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) Super random. Yep. That is Goldberg from Wrestling. His name is Hawk, and he is the tour manager. <laughs> You've got the sellout himself, Larry King, who will whore yeah. himself for any amount of money that you give him. I don't know if you've ever seen at you know 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, he pretends to do his old show where he has guests on hawking like medical supplies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> It's all scripted. It's all bullshit. And he's just a seller. And look, he's an old man. I understand he wants money. Fuck it. Yeah, give him some money. It's fine. (laughs) Then I'm going to say probably the worst actor in the movie. Oh. Denise Richards. (laughs) Really? I think so. I thought she was horrible. I thought she was atrocious. But she is Johnny's mom. good. But I had a bigger problem with another one. Oh, okay. How much plastic surgery? Has she had? She does look different. Yeah. I know it's 2018, and we're never supposed to notice anything, but holy yeah. fuck. You can't plastic surgery shame people, Ian. You know, I apologize. <laughs> Man, where's that sound? Where's that soundboard so I can play <laughs> Franz's apology? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then last up, we have Drake Bell as Damien. People might know Drake. I guess he is a musician now, but he yeah. used to be Drake from Drake and Josh. Fuck yeah. If That's I'm not time. mistaken, friend of the show, Joe Taylor from Versus and Joe Taylor Must Die, I think went on tour with him. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I think it happened when he was doing his ac- like acoustic solo stuff. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. But we'll obviously talk about all this stuff. So I think that's the main we i don't normally go through characters but i think people need to know who we're talking about because i'm not sure if anyone listening to this will actually have seen the film yeah probably not so we'll see how this episode goes all right 
Is there anything you wanted to cover before talking about the actual movie? Mm, I don't think so. All right. So let's go into the basics. You've got a band who has never met each other in person. It's Johnny and Vic. They're in Columbus, Ohio or something. This is where it became a little weird for me. If they want you to suspend your disbelief about things that happen in the music industry, why would you have the movie take place where Andy is from and almost exactly what he did? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? That was <laughs> a little weird. About that. Yeah. So they're both in Ohio and then his girlfriend obviously is there and his mom's there. So yeah. he drops out of college to go to L.A. to make it as a band. And then he has a Skype conversation or Skype practices for the last like four years with Leo over in England. And that's where Ricky is as well. And then they meet their brand new drummer, Dylan, over in England as well and go and meet Johnny and Vic out in L.A. Right. So Dylan's the brand. Well, Dylan is the first brand new person to the band. Because they were just scouting him, I guess, and then show up and act like total dicks to him. And then yeah. he decides to come to America after they give him the whole runaround. Like, oh, yeah, we've got this huge tour going. We've got, you know, like penthouse suites and we've got a manager and label and like all that kind of bullshit. He falls for all of that and goes to America with them. Very believable. Absolutely. I mean, this stuff happens all the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, though. Right now in, you know, the music scene that we're, you know, a part of and that we cover, that isn't that far-fetched, though, with the whole most bands now, you can live anywhere in this country or another and do your band practices without even meeting anybody, and you can send things back and forth. I mean, if you look at the band Crazy 88, that's how they primarily do everything that they do. It's only been recently that they've all gotten together in the same place to actually make some music. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you can send files to each other and do all these edits by your own. I mean, and you can send it to everybody no matter where they are. It definitely makes it easier. Yeah. So I like that they kind of covered that angle. So when they get out to LA, obviously it's a culture shock for all of them. This is where you're introduced to two sort of main characters but maybe even supporting characters you have johnny and vic they go to a liquor store to pick up some booze so i guess they can drink that night before meeting up with everybody and they run into this like it looks like a transient homeless man right he asks johnny to like watch over his stuff while he goes in he comes out it turns out he's not buying liquor he's buying food and supplies and he tells johnny you know, hey, you have to go by your feeling, not by your perception. And that's something that runs throughout the entire movie. Because right after that, they meet Mr. Capricorn, who's acting like a huge dickbag and wants them to come on this tour of Hollywood or whatever, but continues to make fun of them as well. Yeah. Which Very is kind different of, tactic. Yeah, it's an extremely different tactic. And... That's their relationship with him for pretty much the entire movie, it seems. Yeah, the whole entire movie. He's never nice to them. No, he's never nice to them. And we're, we're going to skip ahead because we're not going to do this scene by scene. I, I don't think it's yeah. really worth it 
to do that. But you have to have the introduction of that homeless guy because he plays a part, a big part in this coming up. Yeah, really, for sure. So then they have band tryouts for a bassist, and that's where you meet Lily. So they let Lily into the band. She's a lesbian or bisexual. Bisexual. I think it turns out bisexual, but at first you're supposed to think she's, you know, a lesbian. Right. So she talks about a band that she used to be in because they see Drake, and I'm just going to call him Drake. I, it's Damien, but <laughs> it's fucking Drake. So you see Drake walk around a couple times because what they do is they go to Whiskey A Go Go. So they use the real names of places in LA. They go to Whiskey A Go Go. They say, hey, we have a demo. You know, we're the relentless. How do we get on a show? The guy's like, oh, in eight weeks, we got a great show. Apparently, they're headlining. I don't know how that works. But yeah, he gives them multiple sacks of tickets because, you know, as a band in a lot of different venues, you do have to sell tickets in order to play in the show. And if you don't sell enough tickets, you have to pay that difference. Yeah. And I thought that was cool how they showed that part because that is very real. Yes. And it kind of shows like the come up of a band, like when they first, you know, they want their gig, they want to do this, but it's not like, hey, you go to a venue and you just ask, hey, when's your next slot or whatever? Like you have to work for your shit. Right. And you have to sell tickets. That's what, like, you know, for anyone listening, like if you go to local shows and stuff, you always usually see the local bands outside selling tickets, even while you're in line. And they're selling tickets all the time on Facebook and everything. Like, it's not just that they're making money off of it. It's like they kind of have to do that shit. Right. So it's always good to buy it from them. Exactly. I think that's the good message there is if you do know of a local show where that's happening and you're like, oh, well, I want to make sure I get my tickets, reach out to those bands and see if they're selling tickets because that means way more to them that you're supporting them. And in most cases, you don't have to pay the, you know, Ticketmaster fees or the whatever fees that they have. I was about to say that it's usually cheaper, too. Yeah, so it's actually good all around. So keep your eyes peeled for that for sure. So they go through that. They meet Mr. Capricorn again, and he's a dick to them again. But he seems to know little bits and pieces about them that he shouldn't know. Right. So it's leading you to believe. I mean, it's pretty easy to guess how this is all going to work out. Yeah. But so they play you know, lots of local shows basically for no money. Johnny's talking to Gretchen. Gretchen's talking about how she's going to try and transfer to UCLA, but it's going to take her a while, so they're doing the whole long-distance thing. They're grinding it out there the way that most all bands have to do at some point. Then they get to the Whiskey-A-Go-Go night, and they've done this work. They get people there, but then while the show is going on, apparently everybody gets a text at that show. (laughs) Which is... Very believable. Yeah, again. very. It's like everyone's phone goes off, and somehow during the loud, loud music, you can hear your phone and go like, hey, all, let's go. Like, this is crazy. The text or whatever says that Metallica is doing a secret show down the street at the Roxy. Yeah. I don't know why they chose Metallica. Because they're the biggest. Well, the don't. <laughs> did you say the best? Yep. Uh, I fucking love Metallica. I, I know. I don't hate Metallica. <laughs> well, I don't hate Metallica, but it seems like when you're talking about scene music, you wouldn't go like it would have made more sense if they were like, bring me the horizon is doing a surprise show. That would have been way cooler. If you they see did what something. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out it was all a ploy 
by Damien, you know, Drake. Drake. And that is Lily's ex. Now, they set it up this way, which I thought was really weird. So she says on stage when they're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, because she's the first one to say, no, Metallica is not playing the Roxy. My ex, Damien, is playing the Roxy. Then when the band wants to, you know, beat the shit out of him, she stops Johnny and lets Johnny know that he raped her when she quit the band. Right. But doesn't that seem like, I don't know, it seems like an out of order thing because she doesn't talk about breaking up with him. So maybe she broke up with him, then, you know, like quit the band and then he raped her. And then Johnny says, why didn't you report it? And she says, because his father is a huge lawyer and their family owns most of the strip. Yeah, which the Elias guy does like chime back on later on into the movie. Exactly. And the reason why you brought up Elias as well is because Elias showed up. He actually, we skipped over it, but Vic had met, he was working at a record store. And Elias shows up buying... I don't know, a whole stack of albums. Vic gives him the EP and tells him to come to the show. It turns out that he does, but then the band doesn't continue playing when the whole Metallica fiasco thing happens. So he walks out. Yeah. Yeah. So now, while they're all pissed, Mr. Capricorn shows up again, but this time in a super nice car. Yeah. And this is where, you know, reality button just goes crazy. And you're no longer on planet Earth because as he shows up, everyone's like, whoa, what's the deal with this? But they're like, who are you? And he goes up to Ricky and he's like, tell me what you see, not what you perceive or some bullshit like that. Because the opposite of what the other homeless guy is saying. So one to feel everything. Exactly. And Ricky's response, his first response is the devil. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why did it hit right away like that? It's very, it reminded me a lot of a terrible, terrible movie. Have you ever seen the movie called Devil? Oh, the elevator one? Yeah. Yeah. The the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember when weird things are happening in the elevator and they kind of focus, they go back and forth between what's happening in the elevator and what's happening in the control room, you know, the security room of the building? There's a security guard there who I think is Mexican, if I'm not mistaken. And he's got like a Catholic cross on and stuff. Yeah. Because you always have to have that person who's super religious in yep, those movies. In every you know? fucking yeah, movie. So fucking cliche. <laughs> you have to do it. So he takes his like buttered bread that he has and like flips it and it falls butter side down. And right after that, he goes, The devil's in the elevator. <laughs> and I was just like, how does M. Night Shyamalan have a fucking job? How yeah. does he have a fucking job? Like, that is a ridiculous statement. So what if your butter side went down? That does not mean the devil's in the elevator. Yeah. I mean, it turns out that it was. But in real life. statement here. That was just ridiculous. No one would ever assume that. Right. It's just no one would ever do that. Not at the beginning straight up like that. It's just it doesn't happen. Yeah, it just doesn't work. So, but unfortunately, that's kind of the direction that this movie takes at that point. So they go back into, and I forget what club lounge they went into, but they, I think it's like starlight or something like that. They go in there, they sit down at his booth or whatever. And then he orders them drinks. And then he goes on 
to ramble. And I thought he did a good job at what he was supposed to do to make yeah. you perceive that he's the devil. The thing that was I think sucked, though, was he just said lyrics and song titles to why he was the devil. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. There was no, like, <laughs> let me do some magic. Or let me show you something. It was like, let me touch you and show you your future or something. Nothing like that. It was, hey, you know Jay-Z? You know Empire State of Mind? Remember that lyric about how, like, when the church ends, life starts? I'm the devil. All right. Yeah. Like, it's to be a scary movie at all. But I feel like they really could have included a really good fucking, like, psychological, creepy theme. Like, right. by introducing the devil. Like, they could have made it way more trippy to where it, like, fucks your mind. Like, oh, fuck. You know, he just said this and this. That means this. You know what I mean? They just made it really cheesy introducing him. Right. And they're trying. They could have gone multiple ways with it. Because if you think about the movie in general, because they actually question it later. They are all talking together. They're like, was Mr. Capricorn really real? You know, did we actually, like, did we make it up? He even brings it up. He's like, oh, maybe your, you know, metal-addled minds, maybe, you know, your fame-addled minds, you know, made me up, you know, because you just wanted to make it. So they have that in their back pocket. But then they also have this other thing where Lily is never in the same room when Mr. Capricorn is there. Not once. Not once whatsoever. So they've also got that in their back pocket as well. So they don't really know what they want to be at this point. And I think that's a little bit lazy writing. I understand you're trying to not give everything away. But I think introducing the devil could have been a little bit more believable in a different way. Yeah, it could have been done way more smarter. And it would have made the movie like it's not just it's not a little thing. Like it would have made the movie. It's a the lot backbone. Better. Yeah, it's the backbone of the movie. Yeah, it's not a tiny thing. It's not a nitpick. It's a huge thing. Introducing the fucking devil. Like this is a <laughs> name at a like you know how like there's villains that we look back at like Freddy Krueger this and that. Right. King villain is the devil, man. So like when you introduce the devil and it's like you're referring, you know, this weird shit. They they should have introduced it way better. Yeah, I don't need hell and hellfire and all that kind of stuff i don't need fire and brimstone but i need something more that tells me this guy's the devil because literally all he does in that conversation is bring up bands that he knows and why he likes metal bands because he's already got the pop bands in his back pocket so then he does the whole thing where he takes out a dollar and puts it on the table yeah and he's pointing out all the things on the dollar, and Johnny knows everything. So he's like, what's the I mean is like the Illuminati. It's like, yeah, look at Johnny. And then they keep on going. It's like, come on, man. That's the most boring. Like, everyone knows that shit. That's not real shit. So that also doesn't prove that you're the devil either. But yet, he does get some of them to believe. He also does a knock. And that knock comes up multiple times. He taps on the table. Yeah. Three or four times, I forget what it is, but that comes up multiple times. The only thing I can think of that I that I guess got people to believe him was when he told Johnny to call his mother to see if she was okay. Yeah. Because that was one of the worst acting jobs I'd ever seen was oh, when man, he calls Denise Richards. She wakes up from sleeping on the couch 
And he's like, Mom, is everything okay? And she's like, I have cancer. I'll call you in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) That was fucking funny. It was funny, and that shouldn't have been funny. Right. I mean, you're not supposed to laugh at that moment, but it was almost, what I said was almost word for word. Yeah. Very, very strange. It was almost like the movie The Room. When you saw that, right? Oh, no. Oh, you haven't haven't seen seen The Room yet? All right. It's one of the worst movies ever made. So you have to, you got to see it. But there's a scene where they never go back to the storyline again. They at least did that in this movie. But in that movie, they never go back to the storyline again. But at one point, the girlfriend's mother comes over and she says, I think it's something like, well, it happened. I talked to the doctor and he confirmed it is cancer. And then the girl's like, everything will be okay. And then they never go back to it again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it, man. It's just cancer. <laughs> Fuck it's it. Cancer. So that sets, you know, that obviously sets Johnny off. And then also Drake happens to be there and he's just a super tool bag. He's yep. just like, hey. How you like my fucking dyke ex-girlfriend or whatever. And he's like yeah. shooting the shit. I think, if I'm not mistaken, everyone trigger warning. But I'm pretty sure he calls them a bunch of faggots, if I'm not mistaken, right? He does. He does. Yeah, he does. And that's when you know someone's a bad person. Yep. That's yep. the one. Say, that's, that's the trigger word. That's when you know. You can say anything, but you better not say that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not this year. I just love how blatant they were trying to be with everything yeah they couldn't leave well enough alone they had to really like drive it in because i think he even said oh it was actually a great line by drake if i'm not mistaken johnny was like i'm gonna fucking kill you or something like that and drake goes like hey if if your mom's half as pretty as you are i'd fuck her They forced the shit out of that, like, bully aspect on Drake. They really did. And he's a little guy, too. I mean, look, you know, Andy's a thin motherfucker with, like, no muscle tone whatsoever. But you would expect him to whoop his ass. You would hope so. You would really, really hope so. So the devil tells them that the way that they can be a huge, huge band is if they do a human sacrifice for him. Now, my issue, though, with this as well, Jackson, because no one laughed. No one laughed when he said human sacrifice. They're all just like, oh, we don't believe you. But here's also the thing. He didn't ask for their souls. He didn't ask for anything in return. And he didn't allude that there would be anything in return either. There was no contract. There was no... never an agreement. Yeah, there was no blood pact. There was no nothing that would make... Like, why would they believe that anything would happen. Like, there was just literally nothing magical, nothing whatever. Why? Yeah, they were already kind of on the fence, like, about the guy, period. And then the minute he says, we need a human sacrifice, they're just, like, all for it. And it's like, (laughs) wait, hold the fuck on, dude. Right. You're telling me this motherfucker that showed you a dollar bill, talked about Illuminati and Jay-Z lyrics that you met 25 minutes ago, (laughs) and now he's telling you to human sacrifice somebody for nothing in return, I mean, you would assume that because it's very cliche, right. and we know what happens. If you've seen fucking Ghost Rider or any, or fucking- any movie ever that has yeah, the devil in exactly. it, you, right. you as a as you know as the person watching the movie, you understand it. But I mean, it, it it's never explained, so it's like, there was never an agreement, so they just fucking do it. 
Yeah, and they Which just is ridiculous. And they just decide because they're already mad at Drake anyways. They fucking yeah, kidnap it's him. Such an easy decision. Yeah. They kidnap him, throw him in the van that they've been living in, and go off to perform the human sacrifice. So they tie him up in the van. Then the devil gives them so everyone's there once again except for Lily. So right. keep that in mind, I guess. That's a big thing. You have to know that. Yeah. He tells them you all have a chance to save him, but you know, I'm gonna make you the biggest band, you're gonna be reviled, and you're gonna be, you know, loved and blah blah blah. So you know, one of them goes and locks the door. The other ones put gasoline on the truck. Now, I think the people that didn't do anything was Vic and Ricky, right? Uh, I don't remember Ricky. I know for sure Vic didn't. Well, Ricky runs away at one point. He runs away oh, while yeah. the van is on fire. Yep, that's right. So while they're talking, they light the van on fire. And it's like, hey, does anyone want to stop him? And Johnny says... Let him burn. It's like, oh, oh he's angry. <laughs> Let him burn. But then, 10 seconds later, it's Johnny who picks up the keys and lets Drake out. Yep. <laughs> so, right there, that should be called off then. They didn't kill Drake like, you know, the human sacrifice was supposed to be. But Drake runs away. Now, but, sorry, I did miss a point. Ricky ran away while the while the van was still on fire. Yeah. Then Drake runs towards a fence that has a huge amount of barbed wire on it and signs that say electrified fence. Now, I do want to ask, why does, a, why does a fence that's electrified need barbed wire at the top of it? I, in no sense. And why would it be next to a venue, too? Like the, the, That just doesn't go there. Yeah. How'd they get in there? <laughs> yeah, How did they yeah, get in actually originally? True. How'd they <laughs> fucking get in there? <laughs> That made no fucking sense. This was like a top-notch security fucking prison fence. Right. In a fucking van. Now, I listen to this show. have been to concerts before. Where yeah. the fuck next to the venue do you see these big-ass reinforced fucking electric high-voltage vents? <laughs> right. And we can suspend our disbelief that they drove somewhere and did this. But still, yeah. how did they get in? And then why does a fence have barbed wire on it if it's already electrified? That's just, that doesn't make any sense. Yep. So anyways, Drake kills himself, but the devil is like, human sacrifice complete. Yeah, well done, guys. You're going to be the biggest thing. See ya. Yep. First of all, that's not a sacrifice. Last time I checked, the motherfucker killed himself. They did not sacrifice him. Right. And one thing that really, also, I didn't understand. I don't think you die getting shocked by the fence. I really don't. If, well, he did hang on for a long time. So it wasn't like because he jumped into it. So it's not like he touched it for a second. But that'll fry your fucking insides. I guess. Yeah, I look, I get it. Believe me. I definitely get when it. When I first saw it, I was like, that killed him? <laughs> I was like, ah, too bad. No more Drake and Josh reunion. I know, right? That was kind of sad. I don't even think there's going to be a real life one. Because weren't they like fighting or something? Yeah. <laughs> I know like a little bit about pop culture. I think one of them didn't show up to the other's wedding or some shit. Oh. Look, Super all, fucked up. all I care about is I want a Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide <laughs> reunion. That's what I want. <laughs> wow. You're a Coconut Head fan, aren't you? Dude, I fucking love that show. I believe it. I was, like, in love with Lindsay Shaw. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That tomboy, like, just fucking, yep. oh, yeah. What was her name in there? Oh, crap. I can't remember. Ned Cookie. Shit. What's her name? 
But I can't even remember. Uh, Fuck, Ned, dude. I can't remember Ned's crush though either, because they had the rivalry. It was, remember, it was like Susie or something. Yes, yeah, Susie. Wait, why can't we remember like the? But main we can't remember then? the main chick. <laughs> Son of what a bitch. What the fuck? All right, we'll have to go back to that. We don't have time for that. That's fucked up, though. We'll do Ian Hates Ned's Declassified School Survival <laughs> Guide sometime. <laughs> yep. That's what the fans want to hear, man. I would seriously do a whole podcast on every episode of that. <laughs> Moses! Mose. 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 There you go. Well done. Because it was Mosley, right? Yes. Yes. Because fuck. it was a weird name. Well done, though, Jackson. Well thank done. You, thank you. All right, anyways. We got to stop talking Nickelodeon <laughs> bullshit. So they show back up at, I guess we are almost going scene by scene, but I want to skip ahead, but there are some important things. There's some things I want to bring up. So they go back to Lily's apartment, and she's like, what's up, guys? And you know, they go in. Now, by the way, do you remember, do you re- what's up, guys? Do you remember <laughs> when they promoted the hell out of having Ask Costello in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, remember that? Do you remember when she's in the movie? she wasn't right yeah she was she was in the movie for two seconds i never noticed her i really didn't when they got the call from the label that morning while they're in lily's apartment Uh ash costello is the one in bed with lily that's it what yeah that's it and it's a horrible like she doesn't look good either and i normally think ash costello looks beautiful i don't know what they did but it did not look good and she was only in for two seconds how do you promote that a major vocalist from a major band is in your movie, and then you only have her in for two seconds. She must have been a terrible actress. I think so. She must have had some line, and they were like, She nope. must have been fucking terrible. Yeah, they were like, cut. <laughs> They're like, if we're leaving Andy in this movie, <laughs> we're leaving yeah. that. <laughs> Damn, that is embarrassing. Yeah, for sure. Now, wait, are we going to find out who you think was the worst actor at the end? I'll tell you right now, I think it was Lily. Really? She was the most frustrating to me. So frustrating. She like it frustrated me whenever she spoke. At the beginning it was Ben. Ben. When the movie started, Ben Bruce. Oh, oh, sorry. I was Leo. Yeah, yeah. I think Leo yeah. got better as the movie went on. Yes, that's how I felt. At the beginning when I first heard Ben Bruce open his yeah. mouth, Leo, I was like, "Oh." You're like, "Oh no." But no, yeah, I But he got way better. He got way better. I think he plays better when he's depressed. And angry. Yeah, he did really good whenever he was like in some. Whenever he's casually acting and like just talking, it it just seemed fake. But whenever he was like going through shit, yeah, he sold it good. Because you know what? Spoiler alert! I'm pretty sure he's gone through that with someone in his band before. What? Yeah, I think most of this movie, if you cut out, maybe cut out the devil part. I don't know. It could be actually true. Everything else with the drug abuse and all that kind of shit, I think Ben has been that's through the before. Video. Yeah, hey, think right. about it. Think about it. Think I, about I'm it. not gonna like jump ahead too much, but at a certain death, and Ben uh, Brutus started doing a certain yell and yeah. saying what he was saying. I thought of the to the stage music video. Oh from yeah, Alexandria. Oh no, immediately, for sure. absolutely. It was like instant. Yeah. No, you <laughs> you think most of that thought, album? That ain't. That ain't. <laughs> yep, most of that album. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great impression, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Most of that album is like what's happening in this movie. Yeah, that's true. For sure. So, yeah, that's inside for anyone that yeah. you know knows behind the scenes stories and shit. So, <laughs> they get the label call. They do sign 
with Arcadia. So Elias signs them on the spot. $200,000. Ricky is not back yet. Which is the manager. In case they- yeah, he's supposed to be the band manager. They go in and they just make this album fucking quick. The quickest <laughs> I've ever seen it. <laughs> this movie was very fast paced. Yeah. But I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. That, that cool wasn't it. my problem with it. But it was fast paced. Yeah, and if anyone notices... Jackson goes robot voice every once in a while. It just doesn't go for as long. It's like quick bursts. Yep. It's so weird. Anyways, so, you know, they that's where, so, ah, I should start over. So when they're recording, Elias is like, Andy, you know, he doesn't say Andy, Johnny, <laughs> you have a great, <laughs> you have a great voice. You have a great voice and a great body because for some reason he has to have his shirt off while he's singing. Yep. And. He's like, you got to give me passion. So then all of a sudden he comes up with, let it burn. Let it burn. And he goes yeah. on, you know, like <laughs> that whole time. And everyone's all, then they talk about the album name. Somehow they finish everything. They talk about the album name. They go with American Satan. They're like, oh, yeah, that's badass. Ricky comes back. And then the only time that they have any regret possibly about a human sacrifice. And I don't even know how Ricky knows Ricky assumed he burned in the van, I guess, even though yeah. he died by electrocution, uh, electrocution. Ricky, like, it looks like Vic is having second thoughts. And then Ricky's like, hey, man, what's done is done. It's like, okay, so we're just done with that now. We'll never bring that up again. All right. Yeah, and, and he was gone, and then he came back and was like, oh, I had to do some soul searching. And I assumed that they were going to go into a little bit on what he was doing, kind of. Yeah. And but they never touched on that again. He yeah. literally was missing from the movie for a good important chunk of it for no fucking reason. Like, if you were Johnny, wouldn't you pull him aside at some point and go, Hey man, just so you know, like I know it sounded like we were gonna burn that guy alive, but then I totally had a second <laughs> like a change of heart and I went I let him out. But then when he got out, he went he jumped on an electrocuted fence. So I was like, what? I mean, I guess that's cool. That would be a funny fucking scene. Hey, quick side note. We didn't fucking kill him. Better. He killed himself. Exactly. Totally cool. We're good. Because (laughs) (laughs) I think, like I said, how they wanted to have multiple directions you can go in. What I hate about movies sometimes is they don't let you root for the anti-hero sometimes or the anti-hero, however you want to say it. They don't. Mm -hmm. Like, they want to make sure you know you can root for these guys. So they do it twice in that whole thing because we didn't even talk about this. So not only do they not necessarily kill Drake in that scene, but then Elias talks to them and tells them that two years ago, Drake got drunk and killed two people in a hit and run, you know, while he was drunk driving, and his rich lawyer father got him off. So this was like karma taking care of it. So right there, you can be like, oh, well, for one, they didn't really kill him. And then two, he was a bad guy anyways. So we can still root for these guys. Like, why yeah. can't they just have it that the band did something bad to get something good? And then you have to decide, do they make up for it or not? Why do you have to be spoon fed? Like, oh, no, it's OK to root for them. Yeah, pretty much. That disappoints me a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. They get past all that. Now it's time to tour. And when they tour, they go out with this band, but then they become like bigger than that band. And they have this incident where, let me tell you, thank goodness this was a rated R movie 
because I loved seeing naked girls again in movies. Yeah. Can you <laughs> honestly, can you think about the last movie that you saw that legitimately had female nudity? I can't think of one. Only rated our shows, but not a movie. Right. I, I can't remember the last time I went to actually I can't think of one time that I went to the movie theater and saw tits on the screen. Right. Like every once in a while a horror not movie. Not that that makes it better or nothing like that, but you know, it you know, a real rated R movie. Well, it makes it more realistic. It's the same way yeah. as I don't like PG thirteen movies in most cases, depending on what the subject matter is, because you should be cursing most of the time, especially if you're in some movie where like someone's sticking a gun in your face or something like you should be able to swear the way that we swear on a regular basis. Yeah. That's the way Just I look realistic. at it. Yeah. Which is why one of the reasons why I hate Venom because fucking PG 13. Dude, that I know that's not what we're talking about, but yeah, that, that totally defeats a big purpose of what the character is supposed to be. Yeah. So what I liked in this movie were there were many, many scenes where there yeah. were naked women. And the reason why I emphasize the movie rated R and yeah. they made it rated they R. They made it rated R. It was a hard R. I like yeah. that. And it, lots of drug use out in the open. We'll get to that. But mm-hmm. what I why I keep on saying female nudity is because male nudity is used in comedies a lot. Like that's just a basic joke now that you get. Right. So it's nice to see female nudity in this way and it's throughout the entire movie like once you hit that they're a band it's like a continuation so lily has sex with a 17 year old girl and they get kicked off of the tour basically for that now they also once again had to say in a little weird skit like a weird skit where the reporter was a terrible actress remember that <laughs> that was fucking terrible, dude. It was so bad. But that girl comes out and she's like this adorable 17-year-old and she spouts all this shit about how the age of consent is 16 in Indiana or some Seven. some bullshit. No, she said 16 because she Did is she? Yeah, cuz she is 17. See how they're padding it again so it doesn't seem as bad? Uh so then yeah, they made it to where they never actually did anything bad right on the lead up the bad comes later right yeah so in the lead up you're still supposed to be like oh well that's completely fine obviously you know whatever so they get kicked off of the tour because the band they're called like static sunrise or something (laughs) (laughs) which i i don't i know this is a super nitpick it has nothing to do with the way i looked at the movie but i thought it was so dumb whenever they released the tour flyer and it said, like, in big words, the relentless, the relentless opening for supporting, yeah, yeah opening yeah. for, and then the actual big banner, those in small letters. I was like, okay, like, it's not a big deal. It didn't throw me off of anything. But in my head, I was like, wait, what the fuck? That doesn't work like that. Well, I guess the question you have to ask is, how much influence does the devil have? If he is the devil, how much influence does he have on all of this? You know, is he making girls and guys like? The Relentless, you know, right. is he making them not like the other bands and liking them more? Like, I don't know how his influence is supposed to affect That's how us. I took it. Okay, then that's what's happening. Plus, they're also sponsored by, uh, they're also sponsored by Blackcraft, which is like yeah, everywhere just, and everything. They had like Rick wearing like the, un- the Unholy, which is the one I have too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I love black craft. Like, ah, why can't I say it? I love black craft stuff. Black raft. They should give me money and I'll actually <laughs> spot, like, I'll do the actual reads correctly. I'm not a black craft fan. <laughs> well, you're a religious fuck, so it doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> Just throw it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm anti everything, baby. Black craft all the way. I got yeah. my jacket right here. Create your own future. I like it. Yeah, badass. <laughs> some, some stupid bouncer took a picture of it the other day. Really? Yeah, he was like, this is a really cool jacket. Can I take a picture? Like, all right. For what? <laughs> I think it was my butt. Ooh. Yeah. I think he was pretending to take a picture of the jacket, but he was taking a picture of my ass. We know what it was really for. It's 2018. Hashtag me too. Oh, that's the back of the hoodie? Yeah, that's the back. It? It's not yeah, a hoodie. It's a it jacket. Was an ass yeah. Pick. yeah, it was an ass pick. Son for of a sure. bitch. I got tricked again. <laughs> he got you. Oh, I'm so gullible. <laughs> 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 All right. So... Skipping ahead, they now become a band that doesn't do the smaller venues. They go pretty much directly to theaters and arenas, which is obviously insane. They get Goldberg to be their tour uh, manager, so he beats ass and all that kind of shit. So they go to a place in Kansas where their show gets canceled the day that their album comes out. Because people are picketing and boycotting. And I just love the signs in the background where God hates you. It's not God hates fags or anything. It's not like the yeah. Westboro Baptist Church. It's just God hates you because they wouldn't yeah. go that far. So, but I'll give them credit again. It's a rated R movie. They go into this bar to, you know, pass the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone can hear that car that's being ridiculously loud. But, anyways, I don't hear it. They go to this bar that they shouldn't go to because it's a redneck bar and they're warned not to go there but goldberg goes to the bathroom they get some drinks and then the hillbillies come up to them and start spewing out the f-word again like they're just like yeah the fuck out of here not that f-word they're like get the fuck out of here blanks i you know i said it once on the show i don't need to say it more times so <laughs> they start they're like yelling back and forth and y- and yilly i almost said yilly Lily and Yilly and every Yilly. Time. Well, isn't that like a Kanye West thing, right? Doesn't he put like Y's in front of everything? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Fuck Kanye. Whoa. Oh man. Yeah, fucking one. Bro. Hard stance. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there's nothing I can even go off on on that because otherwise we'll get into a political discussion. The whole oh, time. dude, that that would have went far. That would have went really far. <laughs> so. Lily is more the instigator, it seems. So once again, that's a little bit in her corner of, do you trust her? You know, that kind of thing. So they get in a fight right away, and fucking Johnny sucks at fighting. I don't think he's ever been in a fucking... You would think he's probably been bullied most of his life, but for some reason, he can't fight worth a shit. So he gets taken down to the ground right away. Everyone else is fighting. Goldberg comes out of the bathroom, starts taking you know people out left and right, but he doesn't get to Johnny in time because the lead redneck guy takes out a fucking switchblade and basically has he's going to kill him. So Johnny reaches back, finds a, you know, a crushed bottle and sticks it into the guy's neck. And then Goldberg fucking kicks him off of him. And then Lily, as the guy is bleeding out and dying, is like putting her heel into his crotch, like right in his dick and saying, die slow. And then he and dies. Who's your God now or whatever. Weird place to be. 
Johnny gets taken to prison or jail. He gets out on bail. And now they can't leave Kansas until he stands trial for the stand your ground. Yeah. And, and by the way, I thought it was, I mean, maybe it's just me. The guy, the one that brought on the neck. Yeah. When I first saw that, I didn't think he died. Like, I wish they sold the death a little more right. at our scene. Like, right. oh, shit, we just fucking killed somebody. Oh, my you know God, I mean? yeah. They didn't do that at all. No, it like, just cuts. They just killed right. somebody, and it was nothing. But he looked alive. Yeah, for a little bit. But, yeah, they cut to, they, like, hard cut, I think, to Elias on that news program. Yeah. And Elias schools a guy. Which I enjoy because I don't like a lot that of That was cool. Yeah, I don't like the media, especially when they don't know anything about rock and metal music. And they try and pretend yeah. they do, but they don't do the research. So that was a nice little, you know, I think that's one that's like fan service. I enjoyed that part a lot. Yeah. Because no matter what side or stance you're on, that was really cool when they, he schooled him. Like, would you say your music is doing this and this and this? And Elias asked the most simplest question in the world. Have you listened to the music? Yeah. Have you read the lyrics? Right. Boom. And the guy just like, uh, uh, uh. uh and it's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about then? Exactly. Yeah. So I really like that. That was cool. Then they threw a big festival, you know, and it was like just for the relentless. And it was all like LGBTQ and like all that kind of stuff. And they very, very popular just to show that they're still really popular. And then they do get Johnny out of. You know, he stands trial. He's not guilty because of the stand your ground law. Yeah. I think that's also where they talk to Mr. Capricorn again. He just shows up out of nowhere. Lily, once again, is nowhere to be found. Right. All right. Jackson, you take this now because I'm fucking tired. I need to have a drink. Okay. So they get to the festival and you see that like, okay. So the whole point was while he was on the news station, Elias, he announced this big festival, like we're gonna fucking, you know, this whole, you know, murder that we did and everything like that. That's nothing. <laughs> Don't worry. We're about gonna it. fucking pull on the biggest festival that everyone is gonna fucking come and support. And that's exactly true. You see the festival, and it's like a fucking ICP concert. Oh everyone's yeah. Everyone's fucking like, you know, sporting relentless shit. You see the upside down star everywhere. I don't know the name for that. Well, it's um, a Blackcraft one it's the yeah the black yeah with the goat in it and everything like you see that everywhere and i yeah. actually do kind of like their little symbol it's like the flag with like and then where the, where the oh, stars yeah. are they have the upside down star i was kind of going it was red and black it's similar a little bit to ice nine kills as well yeah exactly yeah. I, which i thought was cool and like it showed that they had a huge following but not just a following of like oh we're going to go see you know a band that we like it was like a lifestyle like a cult that they made right. yeah a, a fucking cult basically right like yeah the people that were going to this show that to the to this festival was a certain type of people you can tell that were dressed in a certain way like you would look at them and like you know how like do. whenever we see people yeah exactly <laughs> like we see people on the street and it's like oh that's definitely a fucking so-and-so fan right like they had such a following that you can be like, oh, that's definitely a Relentless fan. Which I thought that was actually really cool because it showed like how far along they came as a band regardless of all the shit that, you know, the media and everything was was talking about them. Like people, you know, they didn't seem to care about that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and remember, a lot of times it is true. All publicity is good publicity. There is no negative, you know, like even negative publicity is still publicity. People still go and listen, whether it's bad or good. They want to hear 
what's bad and they want to hear what's good. Yeah, exactly. So they get bigger and bigger. And then if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the part where they go to the bordello, right? Which one's that? What's the bordello? That's that where Lily works thing? or used to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. So they decide on, hey, the as brothel. a celebration. Yeah, because they had kind of made it a joke that no one knew where Lily worked. So yeah, she shows up that. and it's just like this satanic bordello or brothel or whatever, which is just it's a prostitution place. But it's for like a satanic one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's for the rich and the powerful in LA and all that bullshit. So somehow she works it out that they have free reign of whatever girls they want, whatever drugs they want. They've got like every drug there as well. Fun times. Fun times. Of course. I mean, I would love I would love to be doing that right now. Type of place. Oh. I know so many of them. So many. They're so Oh fun. man. Oh, yeah. for sure. If I knew of any of those places, you think I'd do podcasts? <laughs> I would just be there the whole time. Exactly. So now they start spe- oh, I did forget. They started spending their money a little bit. So oh yeah, I completely forgot. Johnny's mom. The cancer goes into remission because they're oh, able to yeah. pay for some of it, you know, with some of the advance. And then yeah. they buy these fancy cars or rent these fancy cars, whatever. But you see the looks between Johnny and Lily happening like they weren't ever happening before. But then you start to see it yeah. happen. And this is where they did I... like a little montage of their glow up. Yeah. Like, you know, like them getting bigger and. Through the montage, you see them kind of like eyeing each other like, right. oh, shit, there's something there. But before, it was all Leo having stuff like he was always doing stuff with Lily. And you could tell that Leo had feelings for Lily. So keep that in the back of your mind, too, because I want to bring that up later. Yeah. So when Lily goes in, she's like, free reign of drugs and free reign of all the girls, but you can't touch me unless I let you or unless I want you to. And she kind of like touches Johnny. Now, this is another time where it's like this acting or this writing. They just want to get to the point because Johnny's like, I'm going home, you know, to my mom's because like I have a chick and I'm not going to do this shit. I don't do drugs either, whatever. And then they're like, oh, no, come on. And he's like, fuck it. All right. Let's stay. (laughs) It's like, okay. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Gets a call. Yeah. Gets a call from Gretchen. Doesn't answer it. Because apparently she is now transferred to UCLA. So she's got like her car all packed up and shit. Yeah. So Ricky is just going crazy on Coke and he's got two naked chicks with him. And yeah, he's just, yeah. Our boy Ricky. Our boy Ricky. Yep. <laughs> At it again. <laughs> old Sam. Good old Sam. <laughs> Sam Tolly. He's not, uh, <laughs> he's not with a, a, what is it, a, a wildling? He's not with yeah, a wildling he's not in with those a wildling ones. Bitch. That's for sure. Those chicks were. So yeah, he's doing so much coke. It's just, and he's a big guy already. It's like you shouldn't be doing that much coke. Like yeah. do a little bit, get your sex on, and fucking go have a sandwich. Like that's what you should be doing. <laughs> Instead, he's just having tons and tons of coke. That's an Ian Friday night special, right? Yeah, there. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> little coke, a little bit of sex, yeah. and a sandwich. Maybe a sandwich. Yeah. What's next? What do a, a fucking, podcast. Yeah, do a podcast. It. Yeah. What a life. What a fucking life. So then everyone else is off drinking, having sex. They don't really show it. But then the thing that they focus on is Johnny and Lily. So they go off into a room. Lily makes the really straightforward play 
where she does fucking heroin. So fuck that whole coke thing. Like she goes straight up to heroin. They do the whole, you know, rubber band needle thing. But what doesn't make any sense to me, and once again, maybe they're trying to lead you to believe that Lily is actually Satan or the devil. Ooh. Johnny just gives in to doing drugs for the first time. Like, I don't know. He might have said he's Hard done. Hard-ass drugs. Well, yeah, he might have said he's done, like, you know, the basic shit. He said he did weed earlier in the movie, and that was it. That was it. So you make that fucking jump to straight-up heroin? Yeah. That's, that's pretty fucking nuts. And then Lily doesn't even show him how to do it. She's just like, you got to do it. And then he just does it. Like that's yeah. You, there's some skill there with what you hold yeah, like with your mouth. Yeah, like he does the whole wrap around and everything, just like yeah, put like bites in and everything. Yeah. Like oh shit, he did it like a fucking pro. Yeah. So that was a little weird. So jumping right to heroin was weird, and then they start fucking. Yes. And for some reason, Lily, I guess, is a total cunt because she sees a call coming in from Gretchen and she puts it on while they're fucking. Super fucked up. Yeah. But I will say, if you're going to talk about her being a terrible actress, she was pretty good in the sex scene. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It, you didn't think. Look, good. Look okay. we oh. don't have to go. We don't have to go into a whole Ian hates love episode here. But you didn't think that her saying in a fucking rated R movie, shoot it in me. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Holy, like, where did that come from? That was like, holy shit, this is like real sex. No, that that part, she did not act badly. There I'll you give go. You that. There, see, I'm just trying to balance everything out, all right? You're, you're right, you're right. That scene <laughs> was a good scene. Like, I don't live for the fucking sex scenes in movies because it's not what makes well, the movie greater yeah. bad. But... You can just watch porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was a realistic sex scene. It like, was, it that, didn't... yeah make you feel it didn't look cheesy or cornier like they didn't say weird shit like it was very realistic yeah i would say so i mean maybe johnny's gotta take some lessons of lasting a little longer but he was also on he was on heroin though too which actually i mean from personal experience it should actually make you last longer it is true yeah uh on my end too from personal experience personal experience we're we're super cool guys (laughs) so we do heroin a lot and then we have sex satanic brothel yeah oh for sure. Well, that's what I call just there. That's why I nicknamed my studio. The Satanic yeah. <laughs> I think at that point, well, Gretchen's like crying and shit. I don't think he, oh, he doesn't know. I don't think. No. Yeah, he doesn't know. No. So then the devil shows up in the morning with Vic, or was it even Vic? It might, oh no, I think it was, uh, was it Dylan? Dylan. Yeah, Dylan and Leo. And he starts yeah. and and Dylan, Leo and Johnny. But he starts rambling on about devil stuff again and then mentions that to Leo and everyone that Johnny fucked Lily. So right there so, it's the one time they show a little bit of strife because Leo's like what the fuck, but then they never bring it up again. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I was like, if you were going to build to that, if you're going to build to something, then there should be, like, in the entire movie, there is no animosity in the band whatsoever. 
no payoff to that little like feud. And it could have been a good thing. Like yeah. they were starting something that would have been interesting at the end, but it had no payoff at all. Right. Because once Johnny leaves, because I think that's when he finds out that Gretchen knows once he leaves, yeah. then, uh, sorry, Leo asks the devil again. He goes, wait, how did you know that they had sex? And he goes, just like I know that fucking Ricky is back there dead. And that's when they pull the curtain and Ricky has overdosed on all that coke, I guess. Yeah. And then that's I when. Didn't like that. Yeah, I know. I wanted him in more of the movie. Me too. Because he was that a good kinda, part. Yeah, that got me. When he was going into, when they were in the hotel room and he was going into the shower and he's like, what time is it? It's Ricky time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that so much, but just the way he acted was so perfect. It Even was just him so good. shooing off the mom was like, oh, yeah. It was cool. <laughs> so British. It just worked out yeah. really well. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he was. So he's gone. Now Leo is heartbroken because that was his major friend. I mean, if he had any connection out of anyone in the band, that was the main connection. Yeah, they were the ones in England together. For years. While yeah. while Vic and Johnny were the ones in America. Right. Like it was the, you know, there's the original four. It was Johnny and Vic in America, and then there was fucking I want to call him Sam Tarley so bad. Oh, <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> but there's Ricky right. and and Leo in England. And exactly. you know, they're they're best friends. So now obviously Gretchen, you know, doesn't want anything to do with Johnny. Denise Richards is pissed off at Johnny because obviously she was very good friends with Gretchen as well. Fucking Denise Richards, Fucking man. Fucking Denise Richards. <laughs> so now they go on super tour. They're going everywhere. And now it's just everyone is into heavy drugs and sex. It just goes like that. Instant. Instant. Like literally everyone is just uh, the only person who keeps it together is Vic. Yeah, he's the only one. Even though he does shrooms at one point, and has to go on a talk show. No and, acid, or is acid? Sorry, and he just talks a bunch of weird shit, and then leaves. Yeah. but that's that's it. He doesn't that do any. Yeah, I don't even think you see him have sex with anybody. That was his worst point in the movie was right. him popping an acid pill with a girl because they wanted to have fun. Right, because at one point the devil tells or makes a mention that his mother is very religious. But once again, that's another storyline that they don't play off of because literally no one has anything to do with religion. There's no fight. There's no internal struggle with anyone going yeah. like, oh, no, we can't do this anymore. We shouldn't have done this. This is bad. We're going to hell. None of that kind of shit. You can't tell anyone's moral compass. You can't tell anyone who... I don't want to say religious, but like anyone who is on the fence, like or anti-religious or anything like that, you don't know where anyone in the band stands, right? Except probably Lily, you can kind of assume. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But with everyone else, like they could all be Christians, and we would probably believe it, right? You know what I mean? Like none of them showed that they weren't. You know, right, like right. it was, it was very weird. Very true. Oh no, for sure. So, <laughs> Johnny. I, I don't know why I'm laughing. They're on the tour bus. <laughs> and Goldberg normally does a good job of keeping everything in line. But yeah, apparently not me. not this time because like a MILF and her 18-year-old daughter show up. And the mom's like, hey, you know, we paid for VIP. 
And he's like, Goldberg's like, yes, yeah, so? That was like hours ago. And she's like, yeah. no, I want to go on the bus. This is a bonding experience. And my daughter wants to you know, lose her virginity to Johnny. Which is super fucking weird. Super fucking weird. So Goldberg lets them on the tour bus. And then you get like, I don't know how it happened, but Johnny is doing coke. And she comes in. She's like, I want to lose my virginity to you. Like, anytime I touch myself, I can only get off when you're, like, in my mind. He's like, this isn't a good idea. But then she just, like, try, like starts taking off his pants. And he's like, okay, I guess it's a good and idea. Boom. Yep, there you go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then they do a whole thing where you know she's a virgin because, like, blood drips down her leg. I thought that scene was kind of cool, how they how they did that. I liked that shot. I thought, I mean, it's kind of, like, you would. fucked up. <laughs> no, shut the fuck up. Like, it was weird and fucked up, but that was an interesting, cool shot that well, they did, like, where they showed it. Right. Like, it wasn't, like, too disgusting or nothing. It just showed, like, blood running down her leg a little bit. That was cool. You can tell that probably most of the stuff has happened to someone either writing the movie or in one of these bands or being a celebrity that something like this has happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're taking probably, you know, stories from real life, whether it happened to them or other bands. That's what I thought of whenever the mom and the daughter came up to Goldberg. <laughs> whenever they came up to Goldberg and said that. I was You're like, next. <laughs> the first thing that came to my head was like, not like, oh, this is stupid or whatever. I was like, does that really fucking happen? And Guaranteed. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think I'd have a hard time believing that. I don't think they would have just came up with that. That might be like a real thing that fucking people do. I think, and this was actually a topic that I, I figured we'd get to eventually. So I think most of these stories are probably more from the past than they are from current now scene bands. Well, you can't do that shit anymore. Well, right. That's what I mean. People are getting <laughs> in trouble left and right from just texting yeah. people. Like, there's no yeah. way that this kind now. Once again, there are many stories about Asking Alexandria. There are a bunch of stories. I mean, they're very public knowledge when it comes to alleged drug use and stuff like that. But yeah. I think the major sex stuff, I think that was a very 80s hair metal band time. Like another really bad, good movie that you should watch if you haven't is Rockstar. Never even heard of that one. I've heard of The Room, the one you mentioned earlier, right, but right. I've never heard of The Rockstar. So Rockstar, I think it's on HBO. So you, if you have an account, you can look, like stream it or whatever. Yeah. So stream Rockstar. It's a good, bad movie. It stars Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. And here, yeah, I know. So Jackson, <laughs> this isn't a video podcast. So Jackson just like stepped back from the mic and made this weird face. He's like, what the fuck? Uh, not the cast I expected when you brought up Rockstar. No, it is. So Mark Wahlberg is the lead singer of a cover band of a band called Steel Dragon. And he wants everything to be perfect. And he has like this almost like Freddie Mercury mixed with like a hair metal ba band, like high vocals. Like mm -hmm. really, you got to be really good to do these type of, you know, hair metal vocals. The band Steel Dragon kicks out their lead vocalist and he tries out and he gets to be the new lead vocalist for steel dragon so he goes through this transformation exactly the same way oh wow in the as in this movie so you should watch it's just it's a fucking hilarious movie and all of them drink carlsberg during it too so that's, oh, that's your favorite beer that's right? my favorite so 
Once again, I Carl's Brooks is sponsored. That. I like it. I like it a lot. I, need to have, I don't think I've ever seen it. That's the thing. Well, it is an imported beer as well. So it has like specific places will have it, but others won't. Next time I search for beer, I'm going to look for it because I don't think I've ever seen Carlsberg. Super off topic, but I just had to say it. But anyways, now there's a motorcycle outside. So <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if it's the same now anymore, but it used to be when you were growing up, you know, at least every guy. There, there are girls now, too. I think it's more commonplace. But at least every guy pretty much dreamt about being in a band like this. You know, yeah. they dreamt about all, you know, the women they dreamt about, maybe not the drugs necessarily, but they, you know, they dreamed about not working for anyone, going out, playing massive shows and getting to have sex with whoever you wanted. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm not sure that that's something that people strive for anymore because the culture isn't built around that anymore. And nope, I'm not actually not at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that the culture has changed. Because there are a lot of shitty stories that come out of that. But the concept in general of like, let's have a band. We don't work for anyone. We've got this freedom. And women find us attractive and would like to sleep with us. Like that in in general isn't a bad thing to have. Right Now it's, I mean, I get people telling me, hey, you shouldn't support this band because their lead singer tells girls that he's the lead singer of this band. So? What? Yeah, like yeah. so, like he's what? What do you? God, he's trying. Well, anyone, like so, if you go and you meet a girl at a bar, you're not supposed to tell her what your fucking job is. Like that's his job. He's a lead vocalist. So why would you not tell someone if you're talking about what you do? The big thing is that <clears throat> people have a very big. There's like there used to be, I think, a clear explanation of what flirting was. And I think now there's a super thin line between what flirting is and what being, I guess, a creeper, like a, I don't know. What's the term for it? When you're like harassing somebody, I guess. You're being a harasser. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> there's like a super thin line now. I'm, I'm like, you know, there's certain things you can't and can't say, which I mean, I'm well, not against. But I it's think just, it's here. It's so tricky. let me tell you, let me say this. So I actually don't think that anything has changed. I don't think that our culture has changed to that there is like that the the goalposts have been moved or anything like that. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's always been, let's just take guys going to girls because that's our experience. So yeah. it's always been that if a girl finds you attractive, you can almost say whatever you want. Yeah. If a girl is into you, you can say the dumbest pickup line. And they'll probably laugh. Yeah. They'll find it cute. Yeah. You can buy the girl a drink and you can say things like maybe that night you can say, hey, do you want to come back to my place? And it won't be like, holy shit, this guy should lose his job because he said he wants to have sex with me because that girl would want to do it. But still, back in the day, if a girl didn't like you and you were like, hey, do you mind if I buy you a drink? And she'd be like, oh, get away from me or no, I don't want anything to do with you. It would yeah. still be the same thing. You know what I mean? So I don't think that anything has necessarily changed. It's just the way people call it and the focus has changed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because now it could be... The way that people from the outside see it. 
It's not like the people that are actually in the situation see it. Right. That's the same, like what you sure. were just saying, but it's what other people analyzing that from an outside view see it as. Well, it's like the movie was saying. It's about whichever one you trust. Trust your perception or trust your feeling. What yeah. do you see compared to what do you feel? See, look at this. We tied it into real life. Boom. Boom. Look at that. Mic drop. No, I'm not going to drop Damn. this mic. So, <laughs> so look, I always had the dream of doing the rock star thing. But even in this time, it wouldn't have been the same. You really had to, the, the big time for being bands like that were definitely the 80s going into the 90s. Maybe yeah. a little bit of 2000s, but then it dropped away. Yeah. Right after 2010, probably. Maybe. Maybe there was something. I don't I don't know what would have caused it. But yeah, it definitely dropped away for sure. But this band's living the life. Yeah. After that, you know, with the whole. So what, ha- what ends up happening is not only does the girl lose her virginity to Johnny, but then her mom is also having sex with Dylan. And she catches, yeah. And the girl catches her mom doing that. I originally thought when they were talking about a bonding experience, that's what they meant. Yeah. That's what I thought. But That was super weird to me. I think it was just, I I think that was where the writing kind of got lost. Yeah. Because it turns out that the woman is actually married. So they went home and had an argument about it in front of the father, and the father ended up killing himself. Yeah. So a lot of things start to happen. Besides that, you've also got this whole stand-your-ground thing happening all over the world where fans of The Restless, or sorry, The Restless, The Relentless, (laughs) are standing up to their bullies with, possibly deadly force but also just standing up to bullies and hurting them back you know what i mean like they're they're doing what i always thought you were supposed to do which was fight back against the bullies right you would think yeah i i mean honestly that's what i did my whole entire life and it got worse it didn't get better it got worse because then the bullies get lots of their friends i literally i will tell you this you don't regret it no, I wish I had gone harder. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you regret. No, I mean, to be quite honest, and I know this is going to make me sound bad, but no, I wish, like, not the killing someone part, but I wish I had done more to show people, like, no, you really don't want to fuck with me. Like, not only am I, I'm not just going to beat you until, you know, backup comes and beats me up. No, I'm going to really, like, I'm going to break something. Yeah. And make sure that your friends know that I'm going to do it to them, too. You know, I I used to always hold back because I really didn't want to hurt people, but it would have actually been better to hurt people. It it sounds fucked up, but it's not (laughs) a super bad way to think, honestly, because sometimes you do. You have to stand up for yourself. I was about to say sometimes you have to, but you always have to. You always have to. But here's also the thing that this generation doesn't realize. and, And because. I don't think that's why I thought this movie was a little bit weird because I also don't think that there are actual physical bullies anymore. I think all the stuff happens online now. It's not really in person. Like, I don't know if anyone who's like 25 and younger knows what it's like to be punched in the face. Like, unless you do MMA, 
or something. I don't right. know if people really know anymore. Like what physical is, bullying. Yeah. Like, I don't think people actually know what that's like. But the one thing that never worked for me anyways, and I I was bullied throughout my entire you know life. When you stand up to a bully, they don't back down. So remember how that was always a thing? It's like, hey, if you stand up to the bully, they'll respect you. And they that won't because they happen. want, yeah, they want the easy prey. No, 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 no. That never happened to me. I'm sure it's there's a case by case basis where that could have happened to other people. That never happened to me. Yeah, that's how it always was with me. Because in Miami, I never got bullied because I was one of the you know cool kids. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I, well, <laughs> not a cool kid, but like I'm Cuban in Miami. One of the mean girls. When <laughs> when I moved to Texas, and nothing against white people, but where it's really white, and I was the Cuban kid moving into the fucking all white neighborhood. Right. You know, I live in the country right now. Right. And I'm brown. <laughs> At the fucking beginning, dude, that shit was hard. And oh, yeah. I would always, the first year, no, not year, the first two years, at least till I got to high school, constantly bullied. My my English wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not big, but not. you know that. Yeah. yeah fuck you. <laughs> well, remember, my primary language was Spanish. So, like, right. at the fucking beginning, when I was, like, you know, stuttering with English and shit like that, it was bad. They would fuck with me all the time. And every time I stand up to them, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to bow up to you and you're going to fucking back down. It's like, no, my small ass compared to all these big ass fucking corn fed white dudes, (laughs) we would fucking get into it. But I'll never regret it. Even if I got my ass whooped, it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do, man. It's just the way it is. No, I'm all for standing up. And what's funny was when I moved, Texas ended up being my favorite place. It was actually the place where I didn't get bullied as much. But when I showed up to the neighborhood, it was actually black kids that beat me up first. And then we ended up being friends. And then Texas ended up being like the best place I lived. So Texas is cool. Yeah. Sometimes you have to you work through that stuff because kids. I mean, I know people hate to hear it, but kids will be kids. I mean, it's just the way it is sometimes. So you're not used to change. You're not used to things that are new. So we worked through it. But that was the only place where I worked through it. All the rest of the places, it was awful all the time. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we went up. But so my question then is, because this is now happening all over the world, was this the devil's plan? Was this what the devil (laughs) wanted? Because let's even say that the kids were killing the bullies. How does that help the devil? So the devil gets the bad people quicker? Because I'm sorry, I don't really have any love loss for dead bullies. I know that sounds yeah, bad. I, I don't want anyone really to die, but in a movie where bullies get killed, like I I don't care. Yeah, you don't feel bad for that. Right. So once again, I feel like the movie is padding the band and saying like, "Oh no, don't worry. You can still root for the band even though they're doing drugs and they're doing all this stuff. They it's not hurting anybody. I mean, the stuff is happening, but really it's okay." Yeah. You see what I mean? They did that a lot. Like through through the whole movie. Yeah. That's that's the thing that I didn't like as much about the movie was everything they did. They were never at fault and they never did anything wrong yeah. in the eyes of the director. Take a stand, take a stand, be an anti-hero, be something like that. But no. So it's like, OK, I guess we'll keep on liking them, even though Johnny's doing tons of fucking heroin. So he's doing tons of heroin. Lily's doing tons of heroin. But when they say they're going to get him into rehab, he ends up overdosing. Because yeah. once again, he's chasing the devil, and the devil's like, oh, but you can get Gretchen and all this bullshit or whatever. So 
Then that homeless man from before, from way back, he ends up being a paramedic now. And he saves Johnny. And once again, I think he mentions the whole, you got to go trust your feeling, not what you see or not your perception. Johnny wakes up and there's Gretchen. Gretchen's like, I hope you get your life in order. And then she leaves. And then Denise Richards comes in and they like, oh, no, you can't do drugs, whatever. So he now has to go to rehab and they do a montage. They do a few montages. This fucking movie. Yeah. The ending was very like scattered. Right. Like, it was all over the place. Before Johnny overdoses, the devil tells him that they're going to do Hellfest. And Lily's like, oh, my God, it's, like, amazing. Yeah, I, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. So I guess it's, like, whatever we think the biggest festival would be, they're headlining. Coachella. <laughs> Coachella. <laughs> so what? So what's back? Yeah. Houston in 2019 and then Dallas in 2020. I'm so fucking still that. Dude. I'm hoping we can go cover it. Ooh, that's what I'm hoping the reunion. for. Reunion. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check on that. I gotta check on that. But anyways, so Johnny gets clean, and he's told by Mr. Capricorn, the devil, that there's going to be a scene on stage where Johnny needs to kill a crazy homeless person, or a mental right. patient, or something. And he just says, "Oh yeah," and everyone in the band agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, we have no strife and no conflict in the band. Everyone's just like, go with the flow. No one talks to Johnny about his drugs. No one talks to Lily about her drugs. It's just like, okay, we're all doing our thing. Whatever. So time comes, shows up at the big you know, stage. They're already late. Once again, they're, they're playing like fucking Axl Rose bullshit. Apparently, they're late to like every concert that they yeah. do. So they're worried like about- hours late. Yeah, like riots and all that kind of shit. So the devil shows up with Johnny's mom. <laughs> and it's like, Which fucking, was funny. yeah, he's fucking her, obviously. And he's trying to get a <laughs> rise out of Johnny. So Johnny tells his mom to leave. And then Lily shows up still once again, never in the same place as the devil. Then she leaves to go to the bathroom. The devil had already left. So as soon as Johnny's running up to Lily, Lily disappears behind a corner and out comes the devil. So and the devil's just like, hey, I'm Lily. How does it feel to be fucked by the same person that fucks your mom? Boom. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop, baby. Takes out a gun, points it at him. The curtain opens for some reason. The whole band's doing nothing. And then Johnny takes the gun and then ends up shooting him. Yeah. Then we cut to Johnny is in prison and Lily and Leo go on Larry King and fucking Johnny spewing all this stuff about the devil to interviewers and all this kind of stuff. And they keep on talking about how they can get him off on a technicality. Yeah. They've got this great lawyer, but the only person that can get him to come back and do music is Gretchen. But once again, that homeless guy shows up and this time he's a police officer and he lets Johnny out of his cell to take him to see Gretchen and Johnny asks him what his name is and he says Gabriel so there's some game going on between heaven and hell yeah where they're trying to see you know I guess how many souls they can get or I, I don't know something and Gabriel once again tells him you know you're in control you know go with what you feel I think is what he's some you know they've done the same thing the whole entire movie they just say it different ways. 
So they get in to the room. Gretchen's there. You know, she's like, oh, I totally forgive you. Like, I talked to Lily and everybody. It's like. It's all good now. It's all good. Lily Lily even told me that you were thinking about me the whole time. Doesn't that sound weird? Yeah. That sounds a little weird. So, uh, whatever. So they're talking. And then Elias comes in. And the lawyer who they've alluded to. So this is Damien's father. This is Drake's father. Comes in. And he does the knock again. Which they've done multiple times in the movie. So you're supposed to assume that the devil has taken the form of the lawyer. All right? Right. Elias tells, you know, Johnny, hey, we can get you out of here, whatever. Gretchen kind of goes over the table a little bit and whispers to Johnny, now it's two against one. And Johnny does this weird, like, satanic smirk grin to the camera, and, yeah. it, goes, and it goes to credits. <laughs> oh, that was... Oh, man, that ending. So now did you have any issues with the, like, understanding the ending? Because apparently a lot of people on the Internet did. I didn't have any complications understanding it. I just thought it was a bad ending. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. First of all, you don't hear anything about Gretchen being a religious person. Yeah. So how does she all of a sudden understand everything that Johnny has been through and believes the story. Immediately. Right. Because even if the band members had told her what had happened, why would she believe them either? Yeah. It's, hey, you know, I'm off doing all this stuff for my boyfriend. He's off, you know, fucking this chick. I go over there. They tell me that there's this whole, you know, religious story. It's like, if you're Gretchen, you don't believe any of that. Yeah, you know what I mean, they're it's all like, doing drugs all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at it from Gretchen's point of view, when you look at where they are and where the whole band is in their you know, stage in life or whatever, yeah, they're just on drugs and they're fucking chicks. Like, yeah. that's all they're doing. So why would she just suddenly take what they said as, like, concrete, this is what it is? You know what right. I mean? It's like, that makes no sense. And by that time, if we had added it up, because I, I don't remember if they even said how many tour dates they did. But, like, Johnny, they show multiple scenes. Like, we talked about a lot of nudity. There's a lot of times where it's, like, Johnny and Lily in a room together both getting blown. They probably had – he probably had sex with a 100 girls. Yeah. That whole tour. So And she's been crying over him the whole time. So he's had this awesome time where he's just doing drugs and having sex with no consequences. Yep. And now she's just going to believe all these stories about the devil and then have the audacity to say, hey, Johnny, it's now two against one. What are you bringing to the table, bitch? Yeah. Like, what do you have? Yeah. Why are you smarter than the devil all of a sudden? And also, let's not forget, the devil hasn't tried to trick them into doing anything. It's not like they got outplayed. The devil wanted him to shoot him. On stage, and maybe, maybe the devil wanted him to shoot Gabriel, but still somehow allow Johnny to get the gun and then shoot him because it's the same outcome either way. So, what does it matter? Two against one. And then, why yeah. would Johnny smile at the camera like they're going to get one over on the devil? Like, oh, oh fuck yeah, we got him. <laughs> we got him now, babe. Like, I got Gretchen now. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been waiting. 
for the Gretchen Johnny team up. Oh yeah, dude. That's the fucking that's what we've all been waiting for. Get fucking Goldberg. You do a triple threat, motherfucker. Hey, what was his name? Oh, fucking Hawk. Hawk. Or whatever the fuck. Get fucking Hawk. Oh, so yeah, I look, I will say for sure, I certainly did not hate this movie. There, oh, no, not me. You know, there are issues with some acting. There were some really dumb lines like you wish, you know, when the concert gets canceled and all the news reporter run, all the news reporters run up to Johnny and they're like, Johnny, the, the tour has been canceled. What do you have to say? And he just goes, we'll be back. And that's it. You know, there's some, there's dumb stuff like there could have been a little bit more shine on the writing. But I know a lot of people will have some issues with the acting. I think everyone does. But it still was better than like a sci-fi fucking movie. Yeah, my main gripe with the movie was not the acting. Because the acting was not very good. But that to me wasn't the big problem with the movie at all. Right. Main problem with the movie to me was you had storylines that you could have really gone with and just dropped them. Yeah. I just feel like the movie didn't have the heart that it needed. Like, there wasn't no, like, heart in it. I don't know why. It didn't feel like it had a direction at all. Well, it was because they were really never tested. Like, they basically failed every test because Ricky dies, so they lose, you know, one of their best friends. Then they all just spiral out of control with drugs and alcohol, but then never have any internal strife or conflict between each other so then band never breaks up they never have any issues like that and then it's just like oh well as long as johnny shoots up heroin we'll be fine to go it's not like their performances suck so it's not like people are like oh no this band's not even any good live and it's not like they have to go to the devil and say hey what's the matter we're not doing as well like we got to give you something else so that you make us you see what i mean there was no there was no give and take and there was no consequence for anybody except Johnny who went to jail and Ricky who died. Yeah, for maybe what, two days? I don't even they don't say how long it was. Yeah, exactly. There was no consequence for anybody or anything. But the band's album's still like number one and everything's yeah. still good. They're not worried about money. It's not like Leo goes to him and is like, dude, now what do we do? Like, do I have to go back to dishwashing? Like they don't talk about that. It seems like they've got all the money in the world. So everything worked yeah. out for them. Yeah, every, everything worked out for them except for, you know, Ricky who died and, and Johnny who I guess went to jail. But even though he got his girlfriend back. Now so it's I guess two against one, him, baby. He's got, yeah, now it's two against one. So I guess he's good too. The only person who really got fucked was Ricky. Yeah, right. And he I mean, straight up died. If there's a way to die, though, pretty good way to die. Bitches yeah. and coke. Bitches and coke, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but That's now, the way to go. That is the way to go. But now also, you know... That they have already, I believe it's been greenlit, and it might be coming soon. They're doing a TV series based on the movie that's going to have a lot of the same actors in it as well. It might even have Andy Biersack. So it's gonna I didn't follow. Know that. Yeah, it's gonna follow the band, and they're, I guess, more hijinks. I don't know. I'll watch it. Well, I I don't know. There's not gonna be enough nudity. Oh yeah. See, that's what got me. <laughs> I need that fucking nudity. Yeah, no, fuck that. Never mind. Two against one, baby. There's no coke and bitches. I don't want to do with it. Finger trap. Two against one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, I know people make fun of this. I, I remember when I posted on social media that I was watching it for the show. Some people were like, why would you waste your time with it? Believe me, I think Venom would be more a waste of time than this movie. I'm excited to see Venom. You're an idiot, though. You like a <laughs> lot of shitty movies. 
You know, fucking know. Star I'm Wars and Jurassic it. Park and all that bullshit. Even if it's bad, it's like, I don't know. I just want to see it. I want to see how bad well, it is. Well, when it's 20 something bucks to go to a theater in Boston and then you have to deal with all the shitty people, it's just not a fun time to oh. go. You know what I mean? Like, I probably will see Venom when it's out on Netflix or HBO and then we'll do an Ian Hates Movies on it. But I refuse to support a bad movie. You don't know it's bad. That's such I fucking hate that argument so much, man. <laughs> I fucking hate that argument so much. One thing. You haven't seen it. You don't I'm know. An, no, that's such bullshit. Maybe you'll like it. Here, here are the ways you know that you're making an educated guess. One is you have experience being a human being. So you know normally what movies are good or bad just based on your experience. Second is that's why they fucking have trailers. The trailers fucking suck. Trailers weren't that good. I'll give you that. And the movie's rated PG-13. And the critics, top critics, who like movies like Avengers, say it's on the level of Catwoman and Green Lantern and Daredevil the movie. I like Daredevil. You're an idiot. I like Daredevil. <laughs> that is one of the worst movies ever made. I didn't, I didn't like Green Lantern and Catwoman, but I like Daredevil. Have you watched that scene again where they're fighting on the playground equipment? No. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you watch that movie again? <laughs> just watch watch the movie again. I just again. know and, when I first saw it, I liked yeah, it. Yeah. Well, watch it again. Tell me if you like it. See, but I don't have to do that. Yeah, you do. I have, no. Uh, off memory from the last time I'm I asking saw, you. Come on, I man. I remember doing it. Two against one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's but, two against one now. And then the other thing is it has a fucking 20-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't Rotten Tomatoes. I did not hear. You went way robot on that. I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes because if we go on Rotten Tomatoes, Last Jedi is a perfect movie. So, Last Jedi got 93%. You hated it. Last Jedi does not have that high score. I'll look it up it's right now. It's the 90s. Uh, you want to make a bet? I don't have Rotten Tomatoes open. I guarantee it's I not in the bet. 90s. All right. So you're saying... The, the recent Star Wars movie, not Solo, The Last Jedi. Yes. That's the second of the main story, right? It's in the right? 90s. Okay. Episode 8. I know it was when it first came out. Keep talking. I'm going to look it up right now, okay? Okay. I know it was when it first came out. It had to have been. Because I remember it was one or two points left Force Awakens. Awakens got like 94%. Wow. 91%. 91%. Well done. Thank you. That You're right. So Rotten Tomatoes is a piece of shit. I don't then. listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I really don't. What I normally... So it's not that I listen to it. It's more the reason why I like it is it takes the aggregate score of all the published It reviews, is accurate you know what I mean? on what people think. I agree with that. Yeah, it says the audience score is 45%. So that is yeah. more accurate. That is more accurate yeah. for sure. So I'm I'm impressed. Good job on that one. But when you... So for me... I look at the trailer, I look at the rating, then I see that the critics are also saying the same stuff that I was saying as well. That's when I know I'm not going to like a movie. When I can agree with what the critics are saying just from seeing the trailer, then I don't have to see the movie. Because what you shouldn't do is support a movie that you know is going to be bad because everything's based on the box office scores. So we need to send a message saying stop ruining these movies and only make good movies. 
I could see, but I I think I look at it in a different way. Well, yeah, like you do. I don't I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes for like. There's a lot of movies that have shitty Rotten Tomatoes that I like anyways, but at the same time, it, it's kind of like, okay, you have this Rotten Tomato score and people hate on Venom, right? Or right. like any movie that's bad. Right. But here's the thing. Those people that made that judgment saw the movie. They went and they saw the movie. So I feel like they have the right to say that it's a bad movie when I don't feel well, like someone who hasn't seen the movie has the right to say see, it's a bad uh, first movie. First of all, See, that whole right thing is incorrect because I can say whatever the fuck I want. But then also there's a level of intelligence. Well, it makes it like value. Well, but there's a level of intelligence to knowing when a movie is going to be bad or not. Like, for instance, are you seriously telling me that I have to see The Notebook to know that that's a movie? But see, but why is that different? Because I've seen bad superhero movies and I know what bad superhero movies are. So I don't have to see like I already it's the same thing, man. I know, you know, people skew it a different way. The reason why books have covers is so you can judge them. The reason why movies have trailers is so you can judge them. It's supposed to be putting the best parts of a movie out there so you can see whether you want to go. I thought the trailers look like shit. And then now the critics are also saying that it's shit. So why would I support a movie like that? I don't know. You would from that stance. But like for me, right. I didn't like the haters that much. And I and I see that the critics are shit. They're on the same stance there. But I like the character of Venom. Me too. It's so one of my I favorites. I don't mind paying six bucks to go see uh. what they did to Venom. Yeah, well, even if it was like ten bucks, like... It's it's not really the money thing. I don't mind. Like I know the trailers, I didn't like. I really didn't. Yeah, they're bad. And the critics, you know, they have it as a bad movie. But I don't mind seeing a character I like on the big screen and just taking the risk. Is it good or bad? I'll make it, that judgment on my own. I don't want to listen based on what other people said. Well, for you, I want to make my decision when I go see it. And if I don't like it. I didn't like it, and if anything, if it's that bad, at least I got a good laugh at it. I don't know. So for you, you know, you're out in the country. They're just going to project it on a barn, and you pay with some – you get your corn whiskey and stuff, and you go It's really yourself. hard to hear with all, like, the cows mowing yeah. in the back, but yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be fine <laughs> instead of hearing the terrible voice choices that they use for <laughs> Venom. So yeah, it works out either way. I just – I have a problem with people saying it's, it's asinine to say that you have to see a movie in order to be able to tell whether it's good or bad. It's just not the case. There are so many movies that you can tell are bad movies. And in a way, it's a lose-lose situation for me because you can tell me, oh, no, man, you got to see it before you get to make a judgment. So then I go, I pay, which ends up supporting the movie. I waste my time. And then I have to come on here feeling like a fucking rube. And going, well, oh, I guess, you know, I had to see it in order to be able to talk about it. No, that's not the case. It's just not how the world works. For me, when I pay to see a movie, I don't look at it in supporting them. Even though it does, it does support them. But I look at it as supporting me. I wanted to see it, Ah. so I paid the price for it. And that's fine. I I totally get that. And I guess that's where we're having a disconnect on that. If you want to see it, so go see it. That's, That's fine. But... For people, I think, to say, 
you can't tell people, hey, that's a bad movie without going to see it, I think is incorrect because there's already a trail of evidence to show you that the movie is going to be bad. You can go see it for sure, but don't tell me I have to go see it in order to tell you it's bad because I'm just right. I don't think you'd have to right. see it to get the right, but people would listen and understand more right? if they knew that. You know what I mean? Like They would be like, oh, he saw it. He knows what he's talking about. Like to people who have a brain, yes, they'd be like, yeah, I mean, if you just you can predict the future at some points. Like there is a trail of evidence that the movie's bad, but to some people, and you know, you never know how many people are listening to the show that don't think like that. It's a lot in their head. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, he's saying all this stuff, but he didn't even see it. So like people will credit your opinion more. If you've seen it, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it's just the way shit works, but that's not right or wrong. The cliche catch 22 is that, Kelly and I were planning on going to see it before the reviews came out. The problem is, though, now both of us have to find time in our schedule to waste because we're both going to hate the movie. There's absolutely no way that either of us liked the movie. So we both have to now spend $40 or whatever, take the time, go do that, then come back and do a podcast where we basically say, I told you so. But the other thing to think about is out of the thousands and thousands of people that listen to these podcasts, most only listen to shows where they've seen the movie. So not many people are going to be seeing Venom. So it's like you're preaching to the crowd or you're, you know what I mean? You're preaching to the choir that, hey, I told you this movie was going to suck. I went and saw it. It sucks. Now don't you see that you should have listened to me that it sucked? People don't like to admit that, though. Like, I get what you're saying, but no one's ever going to be like, man, I should have listened to fucking so-and-so. It's they just should, not- though. Hey, don't say so-and-so. They just never say, will. People should say, I should have listened to Ian, because that is fucking true. You should have listened to me. I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but, like, that's how people think. And true. I know you know that. True. Like, yeah, they're like, true. they're not, they're, no one will ever be like, oh, I should have listened to fucking, Ian. you know. It's just not gonna happen. I love how you won't say. Even if it's true, won't say well, me. I keep thinking. I don't know why, but whenever I'm about to say it, I'm thinking of all these big ass publications. Like, oh, I should have listened to the fucking. Like, I oh, I should have listened to the fucking rotten. Because that's what most people would say. They'd right. be like, oh, they saw the movie and it had a 23% Rotten Tomatoes. Let's say they'll leave the movie and they're gonna be like, I should have known by the Rotten Tomato score. Well, here's the deal. I want things to succeed that are good and i want things to fail that are bad so i want venom to fail because i know that it's bad because i for me venom is a top five character of all time for me i love venom like that's little kid i love the anti-hero i think carnage is one of the greatest villains ever created like i love what they can do with this but i'm not a fanboy that's going to be a rube And be like, oh, it's my favorite character, so I have to go. I made that mistake with Suicide Squad. Because Suicide Squad is the only DC comic that I follow. And I really like the idea of it. And I like the comics. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go support this movie because I'm hoping that it's good. And But I didn't or I shouldn't have because it was fucking terrible. I liked it. Of course you did. But we we have different movie tastes. 
That's yeah. why you're not on Ian Hates Movies most of the time. It's because of the Ow! awful. <laughs> what? But also, most of 90 plus percent of the movies on Ian Hates Movies, I like. Yeah. It's Kelly that doesn't like most of the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new one coming out, though, we both hate. So, What movie is it? The first purge. Which one? The first purge? The first purge. The new know. the new one. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant the actual Well, I do purge. hate I do hate the actual first purge movie though, too. Oh. I love sure. the second one. I think the second one's awesome. I didn't see the new one. The new one's dude, the new one's worse than the first one. I don't I I think I lost track after two or three of them. Like I started seeing like, yeah. okay, now they're just money grab well this was definitely a money grab for sure but anyways we're going way off topic all right so is there anything else we want to cover for this movie for american satan no but i I, there's one thing it feels like we kind of shitted on it but to be honest with you i liked it and i will tell you one thing when i was watching the trailers and all that shit i did not want to see the movie because it just seemed like something i wouldn't care for but now that i watched it and gave it a chance i actually liked it like yeah no no i liked it too there's bad acting there's plot holes and all that shit but at the same time it was entertaining right and i think that's the point to get across to everyone if you like the music that we do i mean it might be tougher to get other people into this movie but if you if you like this style of music you're gonna connect to this movie a little bit more whether it's just for seeing the people that you're used to seeing do music do this it's interesting enough so that's the way I kind of felt too. Look, we're making fun of you because it's fun to joke around about things, even if you like them. I like this movie. This movie was nowhere near as bad as I thought it might be. Me too. I thought it was going to be fucking terrible. Right. And I'm sure people can use it against me where I just said, well, don't support bad movie. Like, But also, by the way, did not go to see this in theaters and bought it for like five bucks. Yeah, same here. I rented it for like three bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, look, I own it. I can now, and I've watched it multiple times to be ready for this. So it's a good enough movie that I can watch multiple times and probably will watch it again sometime in the future. So yeah, it's I did. a good movie. Yeah, I didn't support it while I was in theaters because I didn't really feel like I had to. Now, though, they got my money. So yeah, it wasn't a must see movie in theaters. It's not. No, I. I yeah, I definitely don't think so. So I think the recommendation would be people that know the scene and enjoy this music, give this movie a chance. It's where it's not it's not bad that you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I like oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know why I said oh my gosh. <laughs> you went total white girl there. I've literally been doing a podcast every day this week. <laughs> and I have another one tomorrow. So it's just one of those things where I think we would recommend it to the right people for sure. It's yeah. not as bad as you think it would be. I think it's hard to not like if you're into this kind of music and this scene. You know what I mean? Right. Even for me, like I'm, you know, you know me, even fucking watching this shit from like a religious standpoint. <laughs> right. Like I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Yeah, it exactly. Was good, it was a good movie. I enjoyed all the nudity. I enjoyed nudity looking. Was good. I enjoyed looking at Andy Beersack. Like, <laughs> just it was good all around. We watched the girls take off Andy Beersack's belt buckle at least three or four times. And that and never got old. That skinny, pasty motherfucker, man. <laughs> Gets you every time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch those APMA awards. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Don't say that. I know. I know. Shit. All right. We're going to get way off topic. So, yep. Jackson, 
Thank you very much for doing this. Let me ask you, do you have any plugs at all? Uh, no plugs at the moment. I'm still, um, I, I know I'm doing the YouTube channel still. Yeah. I haven't released any videos because of my computer situation, but I know I'm getting it done by the end of the year. That's all. That's all I can say on that matter. Do you still want to do a plug for the YouTube though? Yeah. I mean, I have some <laughs> videos on there. I have like six or seven videos on there. You just got to type in Jackity to see my channel. J-A-C-K-I-T-Y. Yeah. Not Jack City. Jackity. No. There you go. Even though I kind of like Jack City, but it's Jack I know, man. Jeez. You're just jacking all the time. Jack City. Makes sense. <laughs> the default picture is like a penguin with a keyblade. It's, it's, it's tight. That is tight. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the keyblade. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. That's my childhood right there. No, I get it. I have a keyblade coming to me, so I totally oh, get it. Oh, yeah. Full full size. Yeah. What can I nice. say? I'm a baller. Whatever. It's, it's Ian Hates, baby. It's Ian yeah. Hates. All right. Anyways, we're going to go way off topic. By the way, we have been doing this show for way longer than the movie is. How long has it been? It's over two hours. Oh, shit. I know, right? The movie was an hour and 45 minutes, so. Yeah, so we're still going. So, all right. Plug time for Ian Hates. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast. Instagram is at Ian Hates. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Ian Hates. You can also email me, ianhates at gmail.com. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star. Leave a review. If you do that, email me ianhates at gmail.com and we'll give you a shout out tell us which one it is we'll give you a shout out on ian hates music ian hates movies or ian hates conversations who knows whatever works best and big news that just happened tonight we are now all the podcasts are on spotify so if you are you know not an apple user and you've been looking around check out spotify i have not been able to play around with it but what I'm hoping is if you put a band in the search that I've had on Ian Hates Conversations, it should come down on the podcast list as well as songs and albums and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that when you do that, you'll also find the interviews as well. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I know this was a little different. Our first ever crossover between Ian Hates Music and Ian Hates Movies. Sorry, once again, I think I said this on the last episode but I think I am probably getting sick, hence the tripping over myself a couple times and, you know, whatever. So, Jackson, as we do on all the shows, do you have any final words for everyone? I love everybody. All you listening, I love you. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to